You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Hello and welcome back to this week's Weekly Wrap-Up here on Sprott Money News. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford, and on the line today we have our chairman, Mr. Eric Sprott. Good morning, Eric. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, Jeff. I'm really well. I'm out the West Coast here at the Sprott Standard Conference and beautiful weather out here and actually feeling that things might pick up for the precious metals market. So uh, let's get at it. Oh, let's hope so. So first, let's talk about the economy. There is definitely more talk this week about the U.S. economy rebounding, which may suggest there's an interest rate hike on the horizon in September. So we know the numbers, Eric, as you always maintain that the numbers are bogus and there really is no recovery. But do you think that with all this talk that there actually may be an increase or is this more or less the same old story that's been happening for the last year or so? Well, I think I saw a data point, and I, God, I can't believe it's kind of there was something like 59 meetings of the Federal Reserve where they've always talked about there'll be an interest rate increase soon. And of course, we've never had one. And again, we had our meeting results this week, and you know they're talking about a possible increase, or it's still on the table, and of course, data dependent. And uh, I really don't believe there will be an increase. I, I think, and and the worst part about this, all of this, is you know, for us, for those of us in the precious metals markets, you know, it's always been this supposed relationship between interest rate uh, increase and gold going down that seemingly is putting pressure on gold. Of course, there hasn't been a rate increase in these four years that gold's gone down, but we sure paid the price for people talking about it. My own view is that there won't be an increase. That the economic recovery is non-existent. I mean, we saw consumer comfort, uh, Bloomberg consumer comfort this week come out and it's hitting new lows here. Uh, the whole logic of people doing better just seems impossible with the types of uh, cost increases that people face and the fact that they wage increases are so darn modest if there's net net any increase at all in totality because we keep losing good jobs and we pick up lousy jobs and some of these good jobs that get lost and they're they're high paying jobs for example in the oil business you know a driller can make maybe eighty hundred thousand bucks and loses his job where can he turn you know don't work at mcdonald's you're, you're lucky to make 20 grand a year so losing one job can be equivalent to creating five lousy jobs so I just don't believe any of the data that there's this recovery going on. We've seen home sales be turned a little weaker here. Car sales look like they're falling off. And, of course, we get China, which is a huge, huge unknown factor here, experiencing essentially a market crash and, and probably also an economic crash. I'd point out that, for example, car sales in China are just plunging. People who previously had agreed to buy a car now reneging on the contracts. We see the same thing in the housing market over there. I mean, they have a big problem going on in China, and China's the biggest consumer of things in the world in terms of basic materials. So we have lots of problems on the economic front. The talk of recovery is always fed speak. You know, they're always talking about some recovery, that the labor market's better, they're showing more stability or some damn thing like that. But the reality is that it's not improving at all. It's probably getting worse. Total payrolls, total dollars paid in payrolls is probably going down. And uh, we haven't begun to solve any of the problems here, notwithstanding the huge amounts of resources that are put to work in the financial arena to try to keep things together. So, no, my view on the economy, we have no recovery. There will be no rate increase. Because Lloyd Blankfein came out uh, recently said a rate increase would be devastating. And I think everybody knows it would be devastating because we've had to cut rates to zero so we can allow people 
who have you know flat incomes to, to afford to buy things because the interest costs are so low, whether it's a car, whether it's a house. So I don't think there'll be a rate increase. It's just blabber by the central planners to try to keep everyone thinking that they're prudent, but we know for sure there is they are about as imprudent as we could ever imagine. So Eric, let's move on to a topic that, uh, I mean, I know you have some expertise in, but we don't really talk about it a lot, and it's, and it's miners and the mining industry. So what I'm curious about is, how is the falling price of gold affecting miners? You know, we've already seen Gold Corp cut monthly dividends by 60% due to volatile prices. So beyond big miners as well, what about junior miners and junior mining stocks? How do you think all this volatility in gold has affected junior miners? And likewise, what's your perspective on investment in junior miner stocks at this time? Well, in terms of the present situation, I mean, it's almost devastating, right? I mean, we've got the UE index, which I think got up to 650, and it's now at like 112. So, I mean, it's a massive, massive crash. It's probably worse than the NASDAQ crash uh, from 2000. So, everyone's on their, their back feet here. It's, it's, it very, it's almost impossible to raise money. So, from the perspective of, of the actual junior miner, it, it couldn't be worse. I think from the perspective of a potential investor in junior miners, it probably couldn't be better in the sense that, of course, I've always thought that gold and silver would rally here, which I still expect them to do because of all the goings on in the world, and we can talk about that. But when this price of gold turns back up, I and mean, these miners who have, I'm presuming they have some property of merit or some resource of some sort, uh, will do very well because at a half and be half full sort of thing, people take a... Uh, a different view of where we might all be going here, but on the ground, I mean, it's absolutely atrocious right now for junior miner. But that's not to say that the the market for the shares of junior miners can't change quite abruptly. So, Eric, let's switch over to uh, to Asia for a moment here. So, particularly in China, I mean, we've seen the slump in the Chinese stock market. So, how do you think this slump in the Chinese stock market is affecting global markets right now? Well, I think it's you were already seeing the impact. I mean, we. The U.S. markets fluctuate between you know being up one percent and down one percent in the year. We've seen certain breakdowns in small cap stocks. We've seen the emerging market stocks, stock markets being very weak. China is a very very important element in the world economy. So its demise, and of course they've suffered. I think I saw a number even this morning that there's been three point seven trillion of losses in the Chinese market. Well, this is not a small amount of money. It's not contained. It fell another, I think it was 1.3% overnight here. July was a total wipeout. We have so many stocks suspended. We still have lots of margin debt. And, of course, the leverage in margin in China is way beyond what we might consider normal, which I already consider sort of absurd that you can level yourself 2 to 1 or 3 to 1 or 4 to 1. I mean, my God, when things go down, you lose your capital pretty fast. So I think China is a real dark cloud. Uh, they're going to have a tough time turning it around. I think the market will crash because it went up on expectations of things continuing normally there. They're not continuing normally. I mean, it is it's on its back feet here, and these things are very difficult to turn around an economy. I mean, we've tried to turn, you know, even the North American economy around with all this stimulus. And meanwhile, we we get like 2% growth if we're lucky, and it's probably a miscalculation because we always understand inflation. We're getting nothing for our money here, but the debt keeps piling up. So China is going to experience the same thing, and its demise or shortcomings, I probably is a better word, shortcomings, 
will have a very depressing effect on all markets and all economies in the world. So let's stick with China. In fact, let's just stick with Asia overall. We know the seasonality of gold in India and China. So we're entering the wedding and the festival season in much of Asia. Could this be the boost of adrenaline that the gold market needs right now, Eric? Or does this seasonal increase in demand provide a positive outlook for gold? Well, uh, as you've witnessed here in July, I think even uh, Sprott Money, you know, your sales have been very strong in July. We see the, the U.S. mint sales for gold have been incredibly strong. I think the numbers are up 400% in July, this July versus July last year. Canadian mint sales are strong. Perth mint sales are strong. The uh, withdrawals of gold from the Shanghai Gold Exchange have been incredibly strong. The physical market is well put together here. We had the suspension of the Silver Eagle sales by the U.S. Mint, which they now reinstituted, and, and we're going to end up with a very, very strong July in, in U.S. Mint uh, Silver Eagle sales as we have experienced in gold sales. So I think, and of course, now we have this seasonal wave where the Indians will be back in the market because it's the typical time for them to start buying gold. So I see bright things physically going on. We have had options expiry here. It's funny, I was watching things this morning because uh, the LBMA options expired at 12 o'clock London time, which I think is 7 o'clock our time. And I was just looking at the chart and, oh my God, 7 o'clock, options expired. Boom, gold goes up. (laughs) And it just, you know, it's because everything's rigged, it's manipulated. And and I've suggested many times I hate people buying options because it's just powder for these. commercial traders to to take the premiums from the, the people buying the options. And once they expire, it's sort of, you know, wash, rinse, repeat, uh, knock it down, take all the premiums, and let's get going again. And we've seen a huge reversal in the COMEX short positions of the commercial bank that has gone from net short to almost neutral now. And we'll get a report later today to see what happened this week. But I'm sure they've been very large buyers of their short positions. And the, the market, I think, set up the things to happen. So we have... The paper market's in, in better technical shape. We have a very strong physical market. So I think we should see uh, some fireworks here going forward, particularly with this seasonal demand for uh, precious metals picking up. Well, Eric, as usual, we always appreciate your insight here on the weekly wrap-up, and we look forward to speaking to you in the weeks to come. Okay, all the best. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. This is Jeff Rutherford for the weekly wrap-up here on Sprout Money News. Have a great weekend.